Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. My name is Benson Fexer, and I'll be the host of your show this morning. We are waiting on Jared to join us um, momentarily. He uh, <clears throat> is trying to connect with us now, but it's very exciting, you know. We're here in episode number 30, and we're finally going to have the co-host we've promised you for 29 straight weeks here on the show. So, I'll just give you a background of him. He's ran a very successful Instagram account, Pirates.Strong. Go give that a follow. Uh, the largest Pirates account on Instagram is at 10.6 thousand followers right now. And he's he's just really a great guy. We love talking Pirates together. And that's why we started this podcast in the first place, to come on here, talk our favorite team with you guys every Saturday, and, you know, get input from you. And just as a note about, you know, Bucko Booth and the Baseball Podcast Network in general, we uh, have a special offer for you. So we've teamed up with ticket company Stubyard, a relatively new ticket company. It's Stubyard. Uh, and you can put in a promo code, BPN10. That's BPN10. You put that promo code, promo code onto their website whenever you're in there, and you get 10% off. Your order. So let's say you're going to, you know, a pit basketball game, penguin game, you know, pirate spring training, pirate game when they start back up here in a couple months, get 10% off your order. Why not? It, they're offering our listeners an exclusive order. Make sure you put in the promo code BPN10 so they'll know uh, the guys over here from Bucket Booth sent you. It helps us. It helps you. Uh, would really appreciate it if you go out there and do that. So, again, we're just waiting on Jared here to join us. On this beautiful Saturday morning in Pittsburgh, a little bit of a snowstorm actually expected to hit the city today. So it's finally winter. You know, we were in January and it is finally winter. Um, you know, it was 60 degrees this past, what was it, Tuesday, I think it was 60 degrees. And we're now, you know, in, in the heart of winter here on January the 12th, uh, 42 days out actually from the first spring training game, February the 23rd when the Pirates head down to Clearwater to take on the Philadelphia Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon's Philadelphia Phillies now. So, you know, a lot of stuff that we want to get into today. I want to get Jared on here. So let's welcome for the first time ever, Jared to the episode, Bucko Booth. How are you doing this morning, Jared? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me today. I'm happy I'm finally able to make it on an episode. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just since, you, you know, you're new uh, to our listeners, episode number 30 here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, um, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about you and why you are a Pirates fan. Well, obviously, I'm I'm Pirates strong. I have 10.6K followers on Instagram. You can, my name, I'm Jared. Uh, I'm Jared, sorry. Uh, I, I've always grown up as a Pirates fan. My uncle actually worked for steel companies in Pittsburgh, and he's always worked for steel companies. And we've always grown up as Pirates fan, whole, like my whole family and everything. And yeah. yeah, I mean, first, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, so personally, myself, you know, um, I'm from Pittsburgh. I've lived here my entire life, you know, five minute <clears throat> um, walk from the stadium. So I'm right here. I'm right in the city. Um, and, you know, I've just been passionate about this team. Um, and, you know, for the listeners that have listened to this episode, to this show for the past 29 weeks, uh, you'd understand that I'm the eternal optimist type Pirates fan. Um, you'll rarely hear me bash from the team. I guess the only time that 
you could go back in the archives and hear that was probably when Clint Hurdle decided to start Clay Holmes back in August. But just as a generic question for you, Jared, like what type of what type of pirate fan would you describe yourself as? Like I'm the eternal optimist. What would you be described as? You could describe me as what some people call a yinzer, with like every move made or something like that. It could be considered some uh, conspiracy for Nutting's wallet. Because like every signing or something we make, I like I try to say how cheap it is, but then I like look on the brighter side. Like I try to be an optimistic Pirates fan. Trust me, I really do try. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Um, so yeah, I just want to dive uh, right in here and just talk a little about you know the arbitration figures yesterday with Corey Dickerson and Keone Kella and talk a little about their deals. So, I mean, it's obviously good that we didn't end up going into arbitration with them, but what do you think about the Dickerson and Kella contracts yesterday? I think it was good. The, the, the money they were provided was very good. They were offered very good money because Dickerson did have a good season and was able to put up his first gold glove season with us. His power wasn't there like it was in Tampa Bay and Colorado, but I'm sure he can bounce back next season, hit at least 20 home runs. And for Kella, yeah, I hadn't. He didn't give up many right. He was he was good with us whenever we trade for him. He didn't like blow many games. He was very strong out of the bullpen, and he's gonna be able to help us next year. So I think the money they got was it was worth it. Yeah. So just like it, generically with Corey Dickerson, um, you know, last season, in my opinion, it was more if he was reverting back to his Colorado days where he was hitting over three hundred. But you know, the Coors Field environment helped him. You know, put out twenty plus home runs. Uh, every season, he was reverting back to more of his uh, usual swing, you know, the choking up um, almost all the time, just trying to put the ball in play. And the home runs came, you know, when it when it was possible. I think Corey Dickerson, if you remember that stretch back on the 11-game win streak when he was just going off, um, we can't expect that over a full season from him, but I believe that's more of the Corey Dickerson we're going to see in 2019 compared to, you know, after the injury when he struggled a little bit. But uh, if you had to give a prediction, let's say, for home runs and average next season for uh, Dickerson, what would you say that would be? 21 home runs and a 311 average. You can see that, yeah. Uh, and then if we talk a little bit more about the other arbitration-eligible uh, player who we uh, signed yesterday, Keone Kellop, uh, you know, coming over from the Rangers in that trade, which – I just want to talk about briefly here uh, with you on the first episode. Neil Huntington's Mark Melanson trade back in, what was that, 2016, was probably the best trade, in my opinion, that he ever he ever made. He turned Mark Melanson half the season of him and of Felipe Vasquez and Keone Kella. Um, would you beg to differ on that, or would you say that's one of his better trades as well? No, I think that trade was perfect. Yeah, back whenever the trade was made, I was very upset about it because I really like Melanson. But now in the future, whenever it's all said and done, and we have Keone Kella and Felipe Vasquez, and now probably one of the best bullpens in the league, I think that was one of his best trades he's ever made. Yeah, and, you know, that that just as for Pirates fans in general, uh, part of the problem tends to be, you know, when we make these moves such as the – you know, Vaughn Noah yeah. trade to dump that salary or the Francisco Liriano trade a couple of years to dump some salary. Um, right. and it's, especially the Melanson trade. 
Uh, obviously, that was heavily criticized. You know, at the time, he was Felipe Rivero. He didn't he didn't pitch great down the stretch in 2016, but he, he obviously we we see what he is now. And I mean, I'd feel comfortable throwing Vasquez and Keller nine eight um, versus any back end um, in the league. So as, as long as we get a lead uh, going into the you know seventh eighth ninth with Crick Keller Vasquez, um, the bullpen is going to be a force this season uh, along with the rotation. And you can't forget Kyle Crick. People were upset about the McCutcheon trade because Crick was like apparently a former number eleven prospect for the Giants. And he ended up being like one of the Pirates' best setup men in the bullpen. People were oh, yeah. very upset and, about. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just, just the McCutcheon trade in general. Obviously, that was probably the worst you know PR move that Neil Huntington's ever made. But in the end, trading McCutcheon, trading Cole, we we were a much improved team in 2018. And at the end of the day, Corey Dickerson, in my opinion, had a better season than Andrew McCutcheon anyway. So it allowed us to go out there and get Corey Dickerson and not, you know, be forced to lose Andrew McCutcheon this offseason. So we have two years of Corey Dickerson, and hopefully, um, you know, we might bring him back in 2020 or move on to the likes of uh, Brian Reynolds, Jason Martin, which Brian Reynolds also came over in the McCutcheon trade. So, you know, the trades that Neil Huntington make, they may be unpopular at the time, um, but you can't evaluate the trades that he makes right there in that very moment uh, super negatively because we've seen the trades that he makes oftentimes pan out. Certainly there are trades that haven't, but for the most part, he has been one of the savviest GMs in the league and been able to take this small market Pittsburgh Pirates team and give them four winning seasons and three playoff berths. Um, you know, and when he came over, we were – you know, the Marlins of the league, even worse than that at that point. And it's just amazing to see the turnaround, under the, uh, especially the Huntington Hurdle era. And I'm very excited for the future going ahead in 2019. And through this window, I believe that Huntington has created to win a World Series between now and about 2021. Right. As as like me, like you, I'm very excited for the future as well. I'm very high on people like uh, Martin, Craig, uh, Tucker, Kramer, and Hayes, and all those other guys. I'm very excited for this future and what this team has to hold. Yeah, and just moving in, into another move that the Pirates made yesterday, they uh, claimed Aaron Sleggers, I believe it is, off the waivers from the Minnesota Twins and designated Dario Agrizol for assignment. And just looking a little bit at Sleggers, he's 26 years old. Uh, he's 6'10", 245, so he's a big old guy. Um, he didn't. He hasn't really succeeded in the major leagues so far, but he has had a pretty successful minor league track record. Um, the move was, in my obviously uh, rotation depth, just in case you know Musgrove, Archer coming off surgery, um, you know aren't ready 100% for the season. Uh, what do you think about the Slager's uh, claim yesterday? That I think the Slager claim was like it, it was very good. I think it was underrated because he only has 19 innings pitched in the majors. He still has a uh, he still has a lot to prove in the majors. He only started two ga- uh, five games with the Twins, and he's still again he's only 26. I think it was a good pickup, very good claim and underrated. Yeah, for sure. And as I said, it's going to be needed rotation depth as Musgrove and Archer are coming off surgery. That fifth rotation spot is still up in the air. 
Are they going to go Lyles, Brawl, Kingham, or are they going to try an opener? That's still up for, you know, discussion. And then, obviously, you have the depth options, such as Clay Holmes, JT Brubaker. Hopefully, Keller makes his debut uh, in the summer. And then you can throw Sleggers in there uh, as a depth option as well, you know, up ahead of a guy like Brandon Waddell. Um, and then DFA and Dario Agrizal, I had no problem with. I I believe he's going to make it through waivers. I don't see why anybody would add him to the 40. Um, he's still in double-A. Um, yeah, I, I'm not worried about losing Dario Agrizal. What about you? No, I'm not really worried about Dario Agrizal. I never really – I thought – I never heard much from him from the minors. So, yeah, I think – yeah. <laughs> Losing him is yeah, not so, going to be much. Losing him is not going to be much as it is picking up Sleeger for rotation depth because was Agrizal starter, wasn't he? Yeah, Agrizal, um, from my knowledge of him, really the only time I've seen him, heard about him pitch. He started the first game for the Pirates uh, Arizona Fall League team, uh, the Surprise Saguaros, back in October. Uh, struggled a little bit in his five innings of work, and then he went back home after that. Um, he reached double A last year. Didn't really have that much success. Uh, he's kind of slipped through waivers. He'll be back, you know, in the organization, uh, I believe, unless there's a team such as, you know, rebuilding teams that would like to take a flyer on him. But overall, I think it was an excellent claim. And, you know, it, it's a, there's no risk really in that situation. There's only a reward coming out of that waiver claim. Exactly. Low risk, high reward. Correct. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just want to transition into a little bit of uh, the catching talk uh, to go with, you know, Francisco Cervelli rumors that we've been hearing all off season, but really haven't really heated up that much. And then yesterday with uh, Russell Martin being traded to the Dodgers, it appears as if the Dodgers are going to be out on any potential catching trade. Um, do you think, if you had to make a prediction right now, would you say that Francisco Cervelli will be the catcher on March 28th? Yes. Yeah. With um, the, Dod- and with I, the I, Dodgers I, being out. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, obviously the Dodgers are out of the equation, and there's still JT Ramuto to be to be traded. I think if JT Ramuto is traded, I think there's a chance Cervelli goes because then at that point the teams in need of a catcher would be able, you know, Cervelli would be the top catcher on the market at that point. But if Real Muto stays put, um, and it's looking more and more like that will happen. I can definitely see Cervelli, you know, being the opening catcher and the catcher going forward in 2019. Speaking of catching, I'd like to make a prediction about Elias Diaz and Francisco Cervelli. All right. Those, Cervelli and Diaz are the be- are possibly are arguably the best duo catchers in the league and are very underrated because they're only because they're just on the Pirates on a small market team. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that statement. Arguably, Elias Diaz should – he has a good argument to be the starting catcher going forward. Um, I mean, the pop in his bat that he showed last year really came out of nowhere. He, he There's always been suspected that he could get to that point, and he was always a defense-first catcher, but the bat was really what surprised me last season and was really going to propel him as our starting catcher. You know, he's going to be the guy in 2020. He made a transition into the guy – in 2019, depending, you know, on what happens. But, I mean, last season with the duo Cervelli and Diaz, the, most, the dynamic duo in the league, and that's 
just going back a little bit to last week when we talked about the Jacob Stallings decision, you know, that's why I think we should keep Jacob Stallings on the active roster. So let's say Cervelli's catching, we can aggressively pinch hit Diaz without the risk of, oh, no, you're not going to have your catcher if Cervelli goes down. I just want to get your thoughts on the whole Jacob Stallings. Should we keep three catchers on the roster? Shouldn't we? Um, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's smart to keep three catchers on the roster. Yeah, of course. Because as we know, Cervelli has a history of injuries. I'm not trying to bash, but he has a lot. He's had a lot of injury issues ever since signing that extension with the Pirates. And it's always nice to have two catchers to like back it up. Because I, because if you remember, Cervelli did something with his wrist and was out for like a couple of weeks, an extended period of time, which is why it's good that we have Diaz and Stallings. So yes, we should keep Stallings. We should have three catchers on the roster. Yeah, and it, it's in an ideal world we would be able to send Stallings down, but obviously he's out of minor league options, and there's little to no doubt in my mind that if we expose Stallings to waivers, that some team is going to pick him up, and if we do lose Jacob Stallings, our catcher outside of Diaz becomes Stephen Barron, who I honestly know, know very little about, and then showing nobody after Barron. Um, and we know the injury history with um, Cervelli. And we we all remember the famed duo of Eric Kratz and Eric Fryer when uh, Cervelli Stewart and all those guys went down. So we don't want to be put in that situation again because um, there's really no depth after Stallings and Barron. So we need to we need to keep Stallings on the roster uh, for contingency's sake and for 2020 because I believe the Diaz Stallings duo will be just fine in 2020 if that's the route the Pirates decide to go. I I agree. Stallings and Diaz can be a very, very power couple when together because they're very young and I think they're ready for the MLB. Diaz is clearly ready. <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, yeah. Diaz obviously he showed last year that he is a major league ready catcher, um, and I believe will be transitioned into that more of the starting role. And you know, last year in September, Jacob Stallings really opened my eyes. The the pitchers loved him. He calls a great game. A uh, really good defensive catcher, and he's he's quite tall for a catcher too. Um, just as a, a tidbit there, and you know he he doesn't swing a bad bat either. It feels like every time he's up, he's always coming up with you know a walk off hit or something. So I, I believe at the end of the day, <clears throat> when that decision is made for the opening day roster, you know the bench isn't our bench. I believe we need to add more depth, but if we don't. Um, it's not like Stallings is going to be stealing a bench spot from somebody that actually deserves that bench spot uh, because as of right now, you know, outside of like Chisnall, who will start in right field, um, and then Gong, Gonzalez, Newman, uh, the bench, it's young. Um, and that that's definitely going to be a big question mark going into 2019, um, how strong the bench is going to be. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it'd be nice to pick up someone like some veteran leadership. Like I was thinking, we could maybe sign Tolwitzia to give Newman and Gonzalez some veteran help. But yeah, I do think we need to pick some people up for the bench, uh, it, not roll with people that are so young. I'm not trying to bash on the younger players. I'm sure that they're ready, but they need veteran leadership out there. Yeah, for sure. And really, the way that people have described, just talking about a shortstop position here, Eric Gonzalez, they described him, you know, as a he's gone first, but uh, if given the opportunity to play every day, his bat would show 
up. And, you know, if we're looking at the free agent market, um, it reminds me a lot of, you know, a guy like Danny Echeverria, who had a little cameo appearance in Pittsburgh back in uh, August. So, I mean, while I, I've been very clear about this all off season, the two players I want, shortstop Jose Iglesias, uh, the pitcher to fill out the rotation, Gio Gonzalez. If we don't get a Iglesias, uh, I I personally believe that Eric Gonzalez, um, I, I like him more than Kevin Newman at this point. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts. You know, Newman, Gonzalez, who do you like more as of right now? But I would like to pick up, I'd like to get me some Manny Machado or something like that. I do completely agree with Gio Gonzalez. I would love to have him in the rotation, plus we need a lefty. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> Gio Gonzalez would obviously be a great pickup for the team. Um, and I, I just want to address some interesting rumors that came out the other day, and I don't know what a package for this would look like. But the Pirates are apparently interested in out there Alex Verdugo from the Dodgers. Um, we'll, we'll just, I just want to get your thoughts on that before we you know, break down a potential package that we could send out to L.A. Um, in return for Alex Verdugo. I'm not really sure. like I couldn't really tell you either because I never really seen what the Dodgers want. I don't know what they need or anything. So yeah, um, you know it was very interesting because obviously our outfield is set with you know Marte, uh, Dickerson, just not until Polanco comes back and then Polanco will take over that role. Obviously, um, I'm mean, moving forward into 2020. I guess. You know, Dickerson is going to be a free agent. So unless if we don't plan on bringing him back, um, the contingency the contingency plans after him are the likes of, you know, Reynolds and Martin, and then Swaggerty will probably be still too far out at that point. But you know, Verdugo he'd be ready to go by 2020. But we definitely have to send a big package uh, back. And if the Verdugo trade. Like I was just making a mock package. Let's say we wanted to get Alex Verdugo. Um, if I if I was Neil Huntington, what my trade would look like would be, and I know the Dodgers acquired Russell Martin yesterday, but it would still be this. I'd I'd give the Dodgers Cervelli and Starling Marte, but in return, that's, we're going to get a lot in return for that. We're going to get Verdugo. We're going to get Chris Taylor. We're going to get Ross Rippling, and uh, those are going to be the three big pieces in return. And then uh, my question for you is, would you want to go forward in that uh, potential trade? Yeah, I don't like trading Marte because I think he still has three years of control. Like elite defense, elite base stealing. I wouldn't like starting trading Marte. But putting Cervelli in the package, I can agree with. If you add someone else in that package, I might be able to agree with you, but I don't think I can go with Marte, considering he still has three years of control. And he's set in the outfield. And we and by 2020, Polanco will be back, and we'll, we might still have Chisholm if we resign him to like a really cheap deal. So I, I really don't think we should trade for, uh, for Dugo, in my opinion. Yeah, I get where that's coming from. And obviously that would be a tough hole to swallow losing a dynamic player such as Starling Marte um, for, you know, a risk such as Alex Verdugo. We don't know what we're going to get from him. 
Um, but we have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get from Marte for the next three seasons. It, it was just interesting to me because really the Pirates, they haven't made many moves this offseason outside of those first couple of weeks when they, you know, re-sung Jung Ho Gong, um, signed Chesnall, uh, traded for Gonzalez, uh, and the other two prospects, letting Lupla and Moroff go to Cleveland. But like, besides that, the only rumors that really came out are Cervelli rumors, um, obviously the Tulowitzki, and now a little bit of Verdugo. So the Pirates, they definitely keep things under wraps. So it, when rumors do come out, they are pretty substantiated um, because nothing ever comes out, it feels like, uh, under Neil Huntington. He likes to keep all his you know trade works and free agent signs um, pretty quiet. Like the mystery team with Machado. Yeah, uh, I we we should talk about that real quick. Um, you know, and I was just doing some thinking about this. And if you look at the Pirates' payroll, they do have about thirty million dollars to spend, which is just about the amount of money that they need to splurge on uh, for Manny Machado. Uh, just ha- having him in Pittsburgh would be amazing. And it on there is a mystery team. Uh, according to John Heyman. I can't think of another team that it would be besides the Pirates, uh, you know, outside the, the Phillies and the White Sox who are clearly in on him. What are your thoughts on uh, Machado potentially coming to Pittsburgh? It only makes sense. The Yankees are out. The Phillies and the White Sox are the only other teams other than the Yankees that were t- in talks about it. And then you have the Pirates who need a shortstop. And They've always been in talks, like you said, you know, like he was trades and signing on the low, which is why I think that the Pirates are the mystery team. And if they are the mystery team, even if Machado doesn't sign, at least offer him something. Yes, yes. And, you know, since we're in the business of making bold predictions here, it'll also look good and when we post this later. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead here and make this bold prediction. Manny Machado will be the opening day shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and here's why. He's not going to go to the Phillies because the Phillies are going to want him to play third base, and he's not going to want to do that. You know, they have Gene Segura that they just acquired from the Mariners playing shortstop. Machado's not going to want to play third base. He's not going to go to the White Sox because they're not in a position to compete. Everybody's saying, oh, they're going to be the Braves of 2018. Watch out for the White Sox. No, they, Michael Kopech shouldn't be out for the season. They were terrible last year. They had really no signs of moving forward and improving in the future. And if you look at it, the Pirates are really the only team in baseball to have a shortstop, a you know, a starting shortstop role there. And we're really the only team in baseball that can realistically afford that it's in a position to compete like we are. And that's why at the end of the day, Manny Machado will be in the black and gold. We are the mystery team. Um, so there, that's my uh, little bold prediction for you on a Saturday morning. I completely agree with you with that bold prediction because it only makes sense because we're the only team in that we're the only team that's having shortstop problems. And if Machado wants to be the star of a team like he wants and gets paid like it, he has to come to Pittsburgh. He can play in the most beautiful city in the world in front of forty. If he if he signs with the Pirates, there will definitely be more sales for tickets, and he will cause that because he's the star of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we saw what the Archer trade did. If you remember that first start that Archer had, you know, people were on their feet for full counts in the first inning and sold out chanting Chris Archer's name 
you know, the fans are eager and they want a winner and they will show up with a winning team. And if we bring in Machado, there is no doubt in my mind that people will show up and they'll show out in droves just like they did in 2015 uh, with that historic 98-1 season. We might just sell it every game if we sign Machado. I could de- definitely see that happening. But it's going to be an interesting week uh, going ahead here, um, you know, as the Machado and Harper sweepstakes come to an end, hopefully we do see Machado in the black and gold. Uh, we're running uh, out of time here on the show. So, Jared, I just want to thank you for coming on here this morning. Uh, pleasure to have you. Hopefully uh, we can get you on some uh, some more episodes here in the future uh, so we can talk some Pirates baseball. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be on the fir- on my very first episode. And I'm had a ve- I had a very fun time talking about Pirates, the Pirates. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, for more Bucky Booth content, be sure to head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com. We have our Josh Bell t-shirts up there. So go ahead, buy those. They're only available for a limited time. Uh, give our host a follow on Instagram, myself, at Dugout and Jared at Pirates.Strong. And go follow the official social media accounts of the Baseball Podcast Network. They're on Insta at Baseball Podcast Net, Twitter at Baseball Podcast One, that's P-O-D, CAS1 and YouTube and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Remember, we just partnered up with Stubyard, offering our listeners a 10% off any order at stubyard.com. Go do that. The code is BPN10. That's BPN10. Go punch in that promo code if you're going to a pit basketball game, uh, Penguins game, looking for cheap spring training tickets, pirate tickets, all that. Stubyard.com. Go check it out. We'll see you here right again this Next Saturday, same time, same place. Have a good week, everybody.